DJ and PK brought to you in part by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Get 0% financing for up to 72 months, plus a $2,500 purchase allowance on a new 2021 XT4, XT5, or XT6. Shop your way at Jerry Signer Cadillac. DJ and PK, we're joined now by Dennis Dodge, CBSSports.com. You read him all the time. You see him on Twitter. Here to talk college football and sort out whatever it is that might happen to the Utes and Cougars this coming weekend. Dennis, good morning. Good morning, David and Patrick. How are you? We're good. BYU fans are riled up. I think you know on Twitter what it's like when BYU fans get riled up. Imagine what it's like on Sports Talk Radio in Utah when Cougar fans get riled up. Not unlike about 130 different teams right now. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the top, let's say the top 25. How about that? Okay. So uh, where did you think this stood yesterday with uh, BYU looking for a game on a bye week and Washington, Washington State? The Apple Cup is off. Where did you think the uh, potential for a BYU-Washington game stood yesterday? Where do you think it stands today? Where do you think the Utes fit into all of this with the Arizona State game apparently hanging by a thread? Yeah, I th- look, I didn't talk to anyone specifically, but I think in the case of BYU, they don't want to commit to a game with Washington or a Pac-12 game when they know the Pac-12 teams have up to the end of day Thursday to break, the, break any contract that's signed if a Pac-12 team becomes available. Um, you know, I think it's a, it's a win-win uh, for BYU, if they do it, you know, they don't, th- there is no downside. I mean, you're not going to get in now as it stands. And if you somehow schedule, let's say it's a long, long shot. If Oregon and USC become available, then now you're in the conversation. Now you're 12 and 0. Now you've played more games than anybody in the country. But that's a long, long shot. And, you know, I, I think the players would want to play, but I think the administration. It's sitting there going, why, why hang ourselves out to dry on a Sunday or over the weekend? But look what happened to Florida State Clemson, which is an absolute mess right now. Um, the people, you know, lobbing accusations back and forth to each other. I think for the Cougars, the ultimate goal, I mean, obviously you wanted to play off, but I think that's an extreme yeah. long shot. I think it's more realistic to have a New Year's, New Year's Six. Yeah. So can you handicap, say they just schedule as is, beat San Diego State in a couple of weeks, then they're, what, 10-0, and zero, uh, as opposed to not adding a game, what would be their chances of 10-0 and 0 getting in, and do they actually need to add that game and win that game to get one of those New Year's Six? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think anybody can answer that right now. I mean, the competition would be potentially a um, Florida with two losses coming off, you know, an, an SEC championship game, a Texas A&M at nine and one, uh, actually eight and one now. I think that's what they're only going to play nine, um, and uh, in Cincinnati at uh, at eleven and zero, uh, winning winning their conference. Uh, in fact, they'd have a guaranteed spot, obviously, with the New Year's Six if, if they did that. So, yeah, to get in there, I, I think they've got a shot. I mean, right now they've played more games than anybody. You can say what you want about the schedule, but if you want to, you know, take an eye test, this is the best BYU team since at least 96, the Steve Sarkeesian team that went 14-1. and one. Uh, You've got, you know, an Outland Trophy frontrunner, and Brady Christensen on the on the offensive line, Zach Wilson, I'll tell you about. 
the two receivers, Milton Romney, can play for anybody, frankly, in the country right now. And I love the Tonga kid who's getting more and more attention in the middle. Yeah. On, on defense, so this, they've got they've got dudes. If that's if that's the answer, if that's the question. They've got dudes. They can play. So you listed a couple of the teams that are competition, but what about uh, a one-loss Indiana team? What about if Northwestern yep. loses a Big Ten title game to Ohio State? Uh, a one-loss Notre is a one-loss Notre Dame team a, a playoff team? Um, Miami in the ACC. It seems like there's still a lot of competition, and the polls have treated BYU well. But until we see what the selection committee is thinking, yeah, I mean those are some, some pretty. Pretty salty brand names, not Indiana, but I think what we learned Saturday is, look, they can play with anybody, um, and that's going to help them greatly, especially with the Big Ten schedule. So as I said up front, I think you know, I think it's going to be tough. Uh, I think they're deserving, definitely, uh, but I don't know if they can get past a Notre Dame if it loses in a rematch to Clemson, um, you know, even in Indiana, uh, a Miami that may go through with one loss. And not play in the ACC championship game, and I, I think even a Florida that let's say it gets beat by Alabama still has two losses, but you know has the Heisman Trophy winner on its team. It's, that's going to be tough to overcome. You're a national guy, obviously, Dennis. So you have a national following and all that, and you can speak from a national perspective as far as what's going on, the perception of the Pac-12. You know, it had its issues coming into this season, and then you look at they put out a schedule, then they put out another schedule, then they put out a third schedule. No conference, non-conference games. Now they say conference, non-conference games are possibility. In in your opinion, has the conference taken even a bigger hit to its rep this season? It, it has. I mean, it's the biggest thing to me was September 5th, you had this grand press conference to, excuse me, to take a drink in the dry throat. Uh, there was grand press conference to announce uh, daily testing. It's a game changer, according to Larry Scott. And then they just sat on their hands. Uh, instead of going to the municipalities that were most affected, L.A. County, Oregon, the governor of Oregon, because that those California and Oregon teams encompass half the league and say this should be a reason why we should be allowed to play. Because the NFL teams certainly were in, uh, in California. They got exemptions. So instead they stood on their hands. Meanwhile, the Big Ten moved, and they followed the Big Ten's move, and the, eighth, and the Pac-12 didn't do anything until I think it was September 19th, that letter from the USC players, which, which I wrote about, and I truly believe, nudged the Pac-12 towards playing this fall. Uh, up until that point, you had Larry Scott going on the Dan Patrick show saying, uh, you know, being quoted saying, we're concentrating more on basketball this fall, maybe late November for football. Then the player said, no, you don't understand. You know, we, we can practice. We can play. You've got the governor of California saying, oh, no, you guys can practice, and not understanding at that time only 12 people were allowed to gather, and you, for all intents and purposes, can't practice football that way. So that was a massive fail to the point that now you're left with seven straight weeks and no buys, games being canceled all over the place, and they've essentially you know, knocked themselves out of the playoff before there's even a judging to be had. You know, I think the worst thing for the Pac-12, as bad as the Big Ten comparison is, is the fact that the Mountain West Conference also shut it down, came back about the same time, 
but they were able to get going. They have three teams in California. San Jose went to Humboldt yeah. State to practice, and New Mexico moved home games to Vegas. Yeah. If you want to play, and, yeah. you can find a way to do it. It just looks like the Mountain West wanted to play, and the Pac-12 didn't, because they both had the California issue. Yeah, absolutely. And to the point that I was writing this summer that it, had that come about, had it come down to it, the, the Mountain West was seriously considering a schedule without the California teams, without Fresno, San Jose, and San Diego State. Um, that's how, I don't want to, I don't think the word is desperate, but that's how far along they were play football. You know, it's one thing, we can have a discussion on whether anybody should have played football, but there's a separate discussion, as you guys are noting, as to how they went forward. And right now, the you know, the, the Mountain West looks looks better than the Pac-12. The Pac-12 may end up having a, a conference champion playing four games or something like that. There's outbreaks all over the place. Yeah, those are facts, yeah, and we'll see what happens here. Uh, last Friday, you wrote a piece about uh, BYU and talking about this, all the stuff that we were talking about. And one of the things that caught my eye, and I put it out on Twitter, man, in the response, you know, as you know, we got youth fans and BYU fans just go back and forth at each other all day long. And we're in our 19th year of doing this DJ and PK show, so we're not exactly going to complain about it. But nevertheless, you put out that uh, BYU schedule is 38th nationally in strength schedule, according to the NCAA, ahead of the likes of Alabama, Miami, Auburn, and Texas. And then all sorts of comments on that. So, what was your point in putting that out? Was it just obviously the schedule's not as bad as it appears? I wanted to see what their schedule was ranked. Um, I'm just curious as a consumer. And look, there are schedules. You, you can you can make the reality whatever you want with the schedule strength. I I just go to the NCA one because it's easy and it's accessible and it's useful. And they go by one loss record. Now, we're getting to a huge conversation with who BYU played, but they do, they do past opponents, cumulative winning percentage, future opponents, cumulative winning percentage, and combined winning percentage for the season. And, and BYU was 38, kind of middle of the pack. But I, I thought, you know, interesting. I, I don't know if I would say that Alabama's schedule – was easier than BYU's, but they were below them uh, because the teams they played to date had turned out not to be very good. Uh, and, and I don't have to name them, Mississippi State, Kentucky, obviously. So I, I, thought, I thought it was a nod. Um, you know, what, what credit does BYU get for assembling a schedule to begin with? Um, you know, when, when those were the teams available. I think they got, yeah, in fact, I know they got four teams back on the schedule that were on the original 12-game schedule. Um, Houston, San Diego State, I can't remember the others, but, but they were on there. Boise. Boise. Boise and North Alabama. Yeah. Dennis Dodd joining us, CBSSports.com. You can read him there. I'm curious, uh, with more conference games being played, if some of the leagues are going to learn to like this, especially the SEC. Do you think they are or no? No. I, I know... <laughs> Nick Saban, in my that's personal uh, view, but Nick Saban has advocated for this for years. Why don't we play 10 conference games? Why don't we play all Power 5 games? Look, we, as long as we're in this conference setting like this, there's always going to be a team like a Vanderbilt that just needs those six games to get to a bowl, those six wins. And not everybody's a superpower. I understand the superpowers rule the, rule the roost. Um, you know, We have three of the top four playoff teams slotted before the season began, and that's probably the way it's going to be. But, no, I, I don't think that. Now, if there's some sort of 
um, I don't know, breakaway of the Power Five, and they all play each other. But even then, if you do that, that's 65 teams, and you're going to have half the teams in your division losing every week. I don't think anybody wants that. So, no, I don't think so. The, the, the SEC has you know, resisted going to nine conference games because why put yourself out there for another loss in the New Year's Six or playoff race when you're doing pretty good right now? You know, what is it? Uh, I don't know, 11, 12 out of the last 14 years, they've, you know, they've been in the championship mix, at least won it or played for it. That's pretty good. We've seen a lot of schools, obviously, because of the situation in the country, take a huge hit financially. Tom Homo put out a video about BYU being $20 million in the hole. Mark Harlan at Utah had said $50 million, and we know that's prevalent throughout the country, as I say. Do you think the financial situations being what they are could actually hasten expanding the playoff? I, I don't, uh, for a couple of reasons. The, the financial situation is bad, there's no doubt about it, but... In my reporting, they're pretty much past this right now. All these schools are going to get loans, either low-interest or no-interest loans from the school, either borrow from banks or hedge funds or something like that at low interest rates. And in the case of Ohio State, uh, I think they were, I, I forget what the number was, but it was like $30 million at the time, and Gene Smith, the AD, talked about it. And I said, you know what? You know what $30 million is? That's building a new baseball stadium and not getting anything for it. It's on the books. It's a debt. You're going to have to pay for it, but you just don't have the stadium. So I think philosophically and you know, monetarily, they're past it. Um, no, I, and the other part with the playoffs, we're, we're, you have to understand where the money comes to the playoffs. The playoff comes from ESPN, who sells subscriptions. Their subscriptions are tanking. Uh there's a financial crisis in the country. Sponsors aren't buying airtime. So if you're going to expand it, somebody's got to pay for that $475 million plus that it is right now. And then would, I don't know, double if you added four more teams to go to eight? And ESPN, like a lot of businesses, enjoys cost certainty. And for the next six years, they know they have cost certainty. They're not going to have to spend a dime more than they budgeted to playoffs. That's why I think. I mean, I, and, and, and frankly... I don't think in the first six years there's been somebody that got quote-unquote screwed or this big outrage. We can talk about TCU and Baylor in year one and letting in a, a, a group of five team every year. But the right teams played for it, and you know whatever happened after that happened. But I, I think this thing is staying at four for at least six more years. Dennis Dodd, CBSSports.com. You can read him there. Follow him on Twitter. Dennis, we appreciate you coming on the show once again. Thanks for joining us. All right. Enjoyed it. Thanks, guys.